Kyle Brandt's Basement is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. Hello, my friends. Welcome to my basement. It's Tuesday. It's a beautiful day because it's the Josh Allen day. Number 17, quarterback one of the Buffalo Bills will be coming in just shortly. We have all kinds of things to cover. Everything that happened in Chicago back over Christmas weekend. Massive, massive game coming up this weekend as we get towards that beautiful playoff run. We also have to hear his thoughts on the movie Tombstone and potentially the movie Avatar as well. It's our first ever Josh Film Festival double feature. Lots to talk to him about. And who was the member of the Buffalo Bills organization who was driving around with a glacier on the back of his SUV? I asked you. I still don't know if we have a decisive answer. We'll ask Josh. Plus, everything in the world of football, all kinds of things going on with the Broncos, the Chargers, your favorite team, and your least favorite team. It is all part of what I love, what I hate, and what is hilarious. Let's go. Hello, like I said, we start with what I love, and you know what? This is not something that I say much, and maybe people at large don't say much. <sighs> I like the Chargers. No, the segment is called Love. I love the Chargers. The Chargers are in the playoffs. It's really happening. Uh, it's surreal. It's a little bit uncomfortable after last year and after the last 50 years, but um, they're in the playoffs, and I got to tell you, hand up, I was really nervous because... You know, they were sitting there, and they're 8-6 and six prior to last night, and you look at their last three games. Now, for another team or another organization that has a richer history and a more consistent history, you might say, three games to go. Colts, Rams, Broncos. Cakewalk, we're in. Playoffs, print the shirt, print the hats. That's great. For the Chargers, I saw Colts, Rams, Broncos, and was terrified. I almost fell off my chair. As someone who, you know, I'm excited about the Chargers. I said, that is the worst thing I could possibly see. Don't show me the three easiest games you could possibly put on your schedule because that means the Chargers are going to blow it. That's the storyline. Can you believe they had Rams, Colts, Broncos, and they lost? Sure, if they make sense, if their final three is Bengals, Bills, Chiefs, you get it. You tried, maybe try again next year. No, they had the easiest ever in, in a sort of backwards way. I didn't like that because then you have this monumental collapse that everyone laughs at and you mock them for it. And then it's just another page of the Chargers history of charging things up. They didn't charge things up and um, they won. They have won three in a row. Kind of feels good, doesn't it? In the quest to find this year's surprise team, sneaky team, reminiscent of the 2021 Bengals team that we've been trying to do forever. Did they fit the mold? You got your front runners, everybody's on Buffalo, everybody's on Kansas City, everybody's on Cincinnati. I've said it many times here in the basement. There's your classic big three. There's gonna be four other teams that make the AFC playoffs. The Chargers are one of them. Do you like the Chargers right now? Let me just give you the facts. They've won three in a row. Pretty good chance, despite what I just said, that they finished the season winning five in a row. They're currently the sixth seed in the AFC. They would play at Cincinnati could possibly jump the Ravens for the fifth, in which point they would maybe play at Jacksonville. All right? Joey Bosa, set to return to practice this week. In my opinion, a top five pass rusher in the whole NFL, coming back just in time to get after whoever the hell it is, Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, our guy Josh, Mahomes, whoever. Bosa looking like he's going to be back for the playoffs. Fantastic player. Their losses on their record. They're 9-6, and six, right? 
They lost to the 49ers. They don't have to play them in the playoffs. They lost to the Chiefs, and they lost to the Chiefs. Everybody loses to the Chiefs, mostly everybody. They lost to the Chiefs by very, very narrow margins. They were game. Don't you want to see Justin Herbert in the damn AFC playoffs? Don't you want to see him there with the big guns and the young guns? It's great. It's going to be him. It's going to be Josh. It's going to be Burrow. It's going to be Mahomes. Herbert's in. The six-foot, six-foot guy with the hair out the back and the beautiful jersey and the, the huge arm, he's going to be in. And I'm into it. And I'm going to also make a pledge. I think everyone is guilty of this in this thing that we do, whether it's in a studio or sitting on a stool at a bar or if it's right here in the basement. I think everyone is guilty of judging the past of the Chargers and holding it against the present of the Chargers. I do it all the time. I did it 90 seconds ago. And the idea that you see that logo and it's a big game for the Chargers and you immediately start thinking about everybody from Philip Rivers to the late Marty Schottenheimer to Ladanian Tomlinson to all these players who have had all these super talented Chargers teams and just blown it. And it's not fair and it's stupid. And it's lazy and it's easy to hold the Chargers history against them. I'm not going to do it anymore. Justin Herbert has nothing to do with anything that went on during the Marty Schottenheimer era or any other era other than the last few years. Same thing for Brandon Staley. Love him, hate him, doesn't matter. He has nothing to do with the prior Chargers teams. I think they're one of those teams that we really look at their past and make fun of them for it. Because there's been so many times they've come up short. Marty Schottenheim had one of the most prolific regular seasons ever and was fired after the year because they went one and done in the playoffs. They've had some, some big bleep-ups. I almost swore. That's how passionate I get about the Chargers. It has nothing to do with this Chargers team. This Chargers team says, oh, you think we're going to fall on our face? We had a really bad mess up last year. That was a terrible debacle we had in the last week of the season against the Raiders. Whatever, we learned. We got better from it. It's uh, just after Christmas and we already punched our playoff ticket. Screw week 18. Screw week 17. We're chilling. We're just kind of find out what spot we're in. I like it. Because if you want this fast and furious AFC playoff schedule, it's great. Imagine how much more fun it's going to be to have the Chargers in rather than, I don't know, the Titans. Because it doesn't look like the Titans are getting in. This is young, electric, up and down the field, big arms, big throws. Did you see Derwin James last night? Oh, my God. I suddenly put on my NFL Rocks VHS tape from 1994 where you could still hit people like that. Troy Aikman is still talking about that. He couldn't believe what he saw. None of us could. It's fine. You don't want that in the playoff game, but you want Derwin James in the playoff game. You want Bosa. You want all those guys. I want Eckler. I want, I want Staley. I want Herbert, and we're getting him. I'm very pleased that the Chargers did not charge this up. This is my last reference to their deep history. I could talk about last year, but I'm not talking about the 2000s, the 2010s, the 90s, the 80s. None of that. There will be no Stan Humphreys, Lorenzo, Neal, uh, Natron Means, Leslie O'Neill, none of them will be mentioned. Nate Kading will not be mentioned on this program as it pertains to the 2022 Chargers. The only thing that will be is playoffs. They're in. Maybe they play the Bills. We'll find out. Let's get to what I hate. Come on now. Been stewing on this one for a couple days and really a couple of years. I hate the discussion, the impression, and the reaction, and the reputation of Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins. I mentioned earlier the Chargers are going to the playoffs. The Vikings are going to the playoffs. They have a prolific record. They're way out in front of the pack. They ran away with the NFC North. And I just want to tell everybody again, this is a safe place here in the basement. 
you can say that Kirk Cousins is good. No one will laugh at you. No one will judge you. No one will meme you. No one will block you. Not here. You can say that Kirk Cousins is excellent. No judgment here. In fact, applaud. That's what I do for you. I applaud that you can say Kirk Cousins is excellent. It's really putting yourself out there, I know. And everyone has decided that he is a dork who's overpaid and a choker who is just a passenger on the express around him, the Minnesota Vikings. It's also okay, I'm gonna give you further permission. When Justin Jefferson makes a big catch in a game, and he makes a lot of them, it is okay for you to point out, wow, that was a hell of a throw. You can say that if you want. It's, it's, it's fine. You will not be dragged away. You will not lose your blue check mark. You will not be drawn and quartered. You can say it. It's all right. It's, it's fine. It, it, it's possible also to compliment the Vikings quarterback and feel good about it. Here's what you should feel good about, about Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is the top four guy, not even five, top four guy in passing yards and passing touchdowns. Kirk Cousins is in, this, in the middle of being hit more as a quarterback, more than any quarterback in the last 20 years. He gets destroyed. The sack numbers, the quarterback hits numbers, off the charts. Destroyed, and he keeps getting up. It's not something that's talked about. Kirk Cousins has a terrible defense. The Vikings defense statistically is just awful. They, they're really bad. Still not talked about. Pretty impressive that Kirk Cousins does that. And the idea that, well, you know, he's got Justin Jefferson, so, you know, anybody could be, could be great with Justin Jefferson. Is that true? Are you sure about that? Do you think Justin Jefferson would be putting up the numbers that he is if he was on just pick any random team you can think of? If he was on the Arizona Cardinals? If he was on the Raiders? If he was on the Lions? I don't know if he was putting up those numbers if he was on the Packers. And yet, you know, Devontae Adams is a brilliant talent too, but we don't ever let anything be taken away from Rodgers because Rodgers is Rodgers. Well, you know what? Cousins is Cousins. He does not have a whole bunch of Super Bowl rings. Don't care. The conversation about Cousins and the, the, the prejudice against Kirk Cousins is because of a few things. Um, high profile, primetime losses, the majority of which were years ago. Nerdy reputation, which came full circle when he was wearing the diamonds. How much money he makes, sorry, he's good at business and people like to pay him and they wanna be in business with him. And that's pretty much it. Um, do you understand the hype and the attention around Kirk Cousins if he was the Dallas Cowboys quarterback, if he was the Eagles quarterback or the Giants quarterback? He's not. He's up there in Minnesota and everyone made up their mind about him years ago when he screamed you like that. And listen, he's a really good player. And his fourth quarter numbers are prolific. Prolific. If you were to sit down and never seen the NFL before, ever, and maybe if you're really still making fun of Kirk Cousins or saying that he sucks, you haven't, I would suggest sitting down for a Vikings game, maybe at about 3.15 p.m. Do that. Because that's right around the time the fourth quarter will really be heating up. And you will watch Cousins play, and you will not see a better quarterback in the NFL in that juncture than Kirk Cousins. Fantastic. Should, should he be the MVP? I don't care. I don't really care about MVP discussions to begin with. But it's amazing to me that it all, there is one going on about Jefferson, and no one even bothers to say, yeah, you know, for a receiver to do that, well, the quarterback must be great. No, 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 it's Kirk Cousins. He sucks, and he's a nerd, and he listens to Creed, so don't talk about that. I even, like, there was an Instagram post after the, the Vikings' last win. 
in which they put up all these numbers offensively and they put up these stats. I think we have the post where they put this thing up, NFL Instagram. And there's Hawkinson and Jefferson next to each other. And they put up all their stats. And the NFL says, my employer says, what a performance by this Vikings duo. Were they throwing the ball themselves? I see 25 catches and over 240 yards and three touchdowns between Hawkinson and Jefferson. Really great players. There's no detraction from them. They can't do any of that unless the Cousins guy is chucking it to him on a dime. It's an amazing thing. Can he get any credit? No. None? Do we just all, is it all Jefferson? You can put him out there with anybody. It's nonsense. I hate it. And um, listen, people don't want to hear that he won a playoff game in the Superdome. They just want to talk about all the times that he lost. And if, we'll see how it goes in the playoffs this year. If he goes one and done, oh my God, it's going to be hellfire. And there will be no attention on Jefferson or Hawkins or anybody else. It'll be all on Cousins. But if he wins, if he, if he wins, if he goes into that wild card round, he knocks off one of these NFC teams. Just take a second. It's okay to say, you know, Kirk Cousins played well. You can say that. You will not get an ether rag and be dragged away to a closet to be shut up so no one in the media can hear you. It is fine. It is safe. You can certainly say it here because you damn know well I, I will be saying it myself. I'll be doing it. That's what I hate. Let's get to what's hilarious. Come on now. You know what's hilarious is that Sean Payton is going to be the Broncos' next head coach. No, he's not. I really am not buying this, guys. I know that's all the rap that everyone's talking about is that, okay, Sean Payton's waiting in the wings. Broncos just fired their coach. Put them together. No. Put yourself in Sean Payton's shoes. Don't put them together. Put yourself in his shoes. You, you're the bell of the ball. You're the guy. I, none of these other people, none of the D'Amico Ryans, the one we've been hearing about for years, Biennemi, none of these candidates you're going to hear in the month of January, they've got nothing on Peyton. Those are all prospective candidates. Maybe they'll be a great head coach. Peyton's a made guy. He's a friend of ours. He's going to sit around, he's going to name his price, he's going to pick his job, and then everyone's going to want him for it. That's it. He's going to be able to do it. So, if you're Sean Peyton and you're saying... Oh man, do I have it made. Somehow my reputation has skyrocketed since I left. I did some good things in New Orleans, but since I left, I feel like I've just suddenly turned into Bear Bryant meets John Wooden meets Don Shula meets Bill Belichick, like the greatest coach ever. I'm just going to ride that out. So where should I go? Okay, so I got Indianapolis. We know that job's going to be open. Carolina, we'll see. We'll see what's going to go on there. And then there's always a surprise firing or two. But Denver, where should I go for Denver? All right, so if, let's just start with the basic thing. I'm going to be the Broncos head coach. Moving to Denver, people really like that city. It's beautiful. It's a high quality of life. I always comes up on those lists of like the most fit cities in America. So maybe that's a good thing. Broncos organization is a classic one. They have a Super Bowl history and pedigree, both old and recent, and I'm kind of into that. Uh, there is that one thing about the quarterback. <laughs> yeah, as an offensive guy who spent the bulk of my career with one of the most proficient and efficient and uh, cerebral quarterbacks to ever play the game, and Drew Brees, who will break dance into the Hall of Fame someday. Do I want to start phase two with one of the strangest athletes in any sport of this era? And a guy in Russell Wilson, a guy who clearly Pete Carroll was done coaching at the end of it and did not have great things to say and wasn't a huge fan of his. Uh, I don't know if the wide receivers like him. I don't know if the linemen like him. I don't really know if the fans like him. I don't know if he likes himself or whatever version of himself he's pretending to be at that point. That's what I want to do. 
Take away the personality. Maybe he's the greatest guy and the greatest leader in the world. Can he even play anymore? It looks really strange. Really strange. I mean, do you remember when, like, Carson Palmer showed up on the Raiders? And you're like, dude, what happened to Carson Palmer? That's what Russell Wilson looks like in Denver, but worse. So Sean Payton, who can pick any job, is going to pick that. Also, uh, we owe him tons of money. He's going to stay. We spent draft picks. Those are gone. Uh, And I'm still basically owned by the Saints, so I think we're going to have to spend more just to get me away from my old employer. Why would you do that? Adam Schefter is saying, also, it gets better, that uh, Peyton would want Vic Fangio as his defensive coordinator. Vic Fangio. So you're going to take that guy and bring him back to the place he was just fired as their head coach? Vic doesn't want to do that? (laughs) Would Denver want to do that? That's odd. There's going to be some of the same players. It's, It's a demotion. It's all just... It conflicts. Um, There's so many things flying against it. What exactly is flying for it? Listen, if Denver says, name your price, and we will absolutely offend everyone in the world with how much we're going to pay you, I guess, Denver and Broncos country, let's ride. But um, no, why would would he want to do that? Even if it was just the Russell Wilson thing, do you see anybody lining up to coach Russell Wilson right now? I don't even think the Broncos want to keep Russell Wilson. They're doing it because they have to. Who would want to do that? That loan, I'm out. But the draft stuff, the Fangio stuff, there'll be other options stuff. I can draft my own quarterback. I can do whatever I want and build it in my own image. That's what Sean Payton's going to do. This could be the freezing cold take of all time. And we can play this back as Sean Payton's shaking hands with the Broncos brass and he's saying, let's ride with Russell Wilson. Maybe. I don't think so. And if he does, I can't wait to hear him explain why other than the 50 zeros in the contract they paid him. That's it. Money, sure. But other than that, lots of luck. I find it hilarious that Payton would be going to coach Russell Wilson. You know what's not hilarious? You know it's just a fact? The guy everybody wants to coach. The guy that Sean Payton would cut off his arm to coach. But sorry, the job is taken. That's Josh Allen. Josh Allen is right over there. He's coming in. Let's get the dog and the movie posters and the big old headphones and some kind of hat because our guy in every Tuesday, sometimes Monday, number 17 for the Buffalo Bills, ladies and gentlemen, Josh Allen, get in here. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That's what I'm talking about. There's our guy, live from Western New York, Josh Allen, looking good, looking warm. How are you, dude? I'm doing good. That intro never gets old, by the way. I freaking love it. It's, <laughs> it's to, fun, right? It's back, this old uh, 8-bit Nintendo. Town, yeah. Yeah. Um, I bet it is. Josh, it's like I, I feel like I'm on the red carpet right now. Josh, who are you wearing? Yeah, this is this is my buddy Daniel Ricardo, uh, F1 driver. He's got his yeah. own line of gear. And every time something drops, I go on and I, I try to purchase as much stuff as possible because he sells out all of his merchandise. Like, literally. It, oh it is gosh. picked from head to toe in every single size. So as soon as the drop, I get the email. I go straight to the website. I try to buy as much as I can. 
Why is he your guy of all the drivers? So, believe it or not, I went to Monaco Grand Prix a few years ago, and I met his strength coach. His name is Michael. And okay. for some odd reason, they wanted to start watching NFL football, and they became fans of Buffalo. They were part of Bill's Mafia, and they actually purchased my jerseys before like we had ever met each other. Uh, so it was just this weird kind of like, I don't know, coincidence. Um, and then his agent and my agent are like best friends. So we've got a connection there. And then we spent some time together. And I mean, he's just, he's awesome. I freaking love the dude. Um, what a personality after obviously watching Drive to Survive. Uh, everybody yeah. sees the type of person that he is and the energy that he has. So uh, he's the same way, you know, off camera as he is on camera. It's really awesome to, to you know, be one acquaintances, friend. Like we text each other quite a bit. I freaking love the dude. Oh, that's awesome. And his stuff looks great. You look good and you look totally comfortable. It, it is fantastic stuff. So go buy your Rick, you know, Daniel Ricardo merch. No doubt. That that's Josh's guy. Maybe you'll run into him again in the offseason. I'm glad you're here for a bunch of reasons. I need you to help me figure something out. We asked this in the basement yesterday. Guys, bring up the video. Somebody in your organization is is, is out of their mind. Josh, who the hell is driving that car with the glacier on top of it? Who is that? I wish I could tell you. Uh, I saw that video yesterday. Um, I was yeah. circulating around Twitter and all the other social media yeah. uh, platforms. But I want to think that's Matt Milano, maybe. Um, really? Now, my my car, I, I can send you I can send you a couple pictures of my car right now of what mine looked like. Again, I can't think... <laughs> People, you know, they came out. There was people that lived close by. There was like high school football yeah. players that came and dug our cars out. Um, obviously, with with the weather and what's going on here in Buffalo, obviously we're we're you know praying for and thinking about all the families oh, that are being uh, you know severely impacted. Um, it, it was yeah. it wasn't fun. I'll tell you that. Like obviously, staying in Chicago um, wasn't the greatest holiday gift. Uh, but you yeah. know, we were assured when we got when we got back to Buffalo that you know, the driving conditions were safe to get home, and obviously everybody made it back to their places and, and got to spend some time with their families. But um, just really, really sad scenes right now coming out of Buffalo. And I'm, again, I'm, I'm praying for for the city and for people that are being affected by this because uh, you know it's not 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 very good. Yeah, I hear you, ma'am. I, I do. And I saw that Steph tweeted something similar and that the team's been doing this. And there's, you know, there's a lot of levity and fun that you guys have been through with the weather this season. But there's a very serious side of what's going on in Western New York right now. And I know it means a lot to hear that from you. Take me to Chicago. So um, there's a whole game aspect of it. And you guys go get this big win against the Bears. But then tell me, tell, take me to this world, because as far as I understand it, you were supposed to come home after the game on Saturday night, which was Christmas Eve. And then because Buffalo's airport shut down, you couldn't. How did you find out? And what was that whole process like? Yeah, obviously, the, the game had just ended. We're in the locker room, and typically, coach will break it down right away. Um, mm -hmm. He wasn't there right away. And I think guys just like, okay, I think we understand mm -hmm. what's going on. And, again, the organization, they were doing everything in their power to get us home safely because, you know, our families, our friends are here in Buffalo, and, Obviously, the holidays are a special time that you want to spend with them. Um, but again, safety being first, you know, being smart about, you know, where we were flying, uh, how we were going to get back. Um, obviously, the roads were 
weren't in great condition. Um, but again, when we landed the next day in Rochester, one, to see a bunch of Bills fans there, that was pretty cool. Um, and then two, making our way back, you know, in a safe manner. I think that was uh, of the utmost importance for obviously our organization's, uh, you know, ideas and thoughts and just trying to keep players safe. It's, it's the, the safety is first and you guys accomplish that you end up having to stay the night in, in my hometown of Chicago overnight. So I imagine the silver lining, everyone wants to be home, but you're there with your brothers, you're there with your team. So you go out and you make a night of it best as you can. Whose idea was it? Who was the ringleader? And like, where did you guys go? What'd you do? Yeah, we, uh, Chad Hall, our, our receivers coach had, had yeah. talked to me right after the game. It was just like, Hey, I, I, I know a few people that are connected and, um, you know, have a, have a bar here in Chicago that we could potentially go to. So I, I call, uh, you know, I'm shouting out Barstool Big Cat right now. I called him and he hooked me up with the owner. Um, and we kind of figured out a way to get a few people in to, you know, serve for us. And, yeah, you know, the, the bills, you know, we wanted everybody there in the organization that, you know, wanted to spend time together, obviously the holidays. So it was just a, yeah. a way to be with our family away from our family. So uh, it, was, it was a really, really fun night that we tried to keep the vibes high and uh, keep our minds off of what was going on. But um, yeah, it was, I appreciate those guys for, for opening up for us and the owner there and, and, you know, helping us have a good time. Were you tending bar? We're seeing a picture of you behind bar. Did you, did you sling drinks? I was, I was. You know, little short staff, so I had to help out in any way I could, you know. <laughs> do you know how to do that? Like, have you ever bartended or anything or, like, even waited tables or anything? It's a, it's a tough thing to do. Yeah, I mean, I, I waited tables at my my, my mom's restaurant for a while. Um, and, again, I, I grew up in a household where we had a bar outside, a bar inside, a bar upstairs. Like, I was always serving drinks so to cool. family and friends. So, But it was the first time I got to use one of those little fountain things. Which you know, <laughs> see him grab a drink and the press soda. I thought that was pretty cool. That was that was on my bucket list that I got to cross off. Hell yes. So if you grew up having bars in your house and working bars, put it this way: if I was to sit down across from a bar with you right now and you were just going to make something, you're like, you're going to love this. This is the drink I just kill. You're going to absolutely love this. What what would you make? Oh, I don't know about all that. Um, I'll give you. <laughs> I don't know. I got some good whiskey. I'll just serve you whiskey neat. Nice. Is that a, is that your drink? Is that your go-to? And is it bourbon, scotch? What are you into? Yeah, I'm a bourbon guy right now. And I think it kind of goes and flows. Um, you know, I, I don't drink often. Um, but, we, you know, I like to have friends over and I like to host. And it's, yes, it's a common, common trade in a lot of different people's lives and cultures. And uh, it's pretty cool. Hell yeah, it is. And bourbon need is undefeated. It, it can't it, it can't be beaten. It's timeless. It'll be drinking a hundred years from now. I, we should, dude. Let's have a bourbon need sometimes. I'm totally into it. That's my drink too. Next time you're in Buffalo, we'll open up a good bottle. I got I got I got oh, some, some yes. good ones that have been gifts um, that are on the top shelf uh, in my basement. Mm -hmm. That you know I won't I won't open until something really good happens. And I think we all know what that is in February. So do you have, I mean, do you have a special bottle in the event that you need and you accomplish all your goals and you celebrate? There's a particular bottle for that? Yes, there is. What's yeah. the bottle? Uh, it's a Michter's 20 year. I was sent a couple um, by a couple of my buddies that I, I went to open it one night and I just 
I just wanted to Google it just because I just got into kind of the bourbon game and yeah, I just wanted to Google it to make sure I wasn't opening something crazy. And I decided to put it back and not open it. So that one, that one's up there. And, mm. um, that one, that one's a good one. I got, a, I got a few more other ones, uh, obviously, but you know, we accomplished our goals. It, it'll be a good time. That's going to be a great time. I love that you have that bottle and you should, why not leave it up there. You get it all done. You treat yourself. You've earned it. Um, quickly on the bears game. Uh, my favorite play of the game was you guys fourth quarter red zone. You call a bootleg, you hit the jets, great looking touchdown. Did you even consider throwing on that play? I did. I, you know, I want to, I want to throw it. I, um, I think it was either Dawson or Gabe that was running. Obviously they kind of took that away and just that's, it's really the throw or the run and, um, just try to find a way to, to score touchdowns. I actually didn't, didn't play as good as I would have liked to have played or played. I understand. Uh, whether, when, this, that, uh, it is what it is. We, we persevered, but our, our defense stepped up. They played a hell of a game. Our special teams played a heck of a game uh, and just found a way to win. And obviously that's third AFC East title in a row. Um, obviously that's fun. It's hard. It's hard to do. It's hard to win in this league and you want to celebrate those times. Uh, but you know, we've, we've been in this situation before and, and, you know, we've got bigger goals to accomplish. And I know it's a hat and T-shirt game. And I said that after the game, I'm tired of these hat, hats and T-shirts. I don't want the AFC East ones anymore. I want some some other ones. And that's uh, that's the mindset that our team has right now. It's true. I mean, it's probably really cool the first time you get the AFC East one. And, oh, my God, the Bills won the East and you're so happy. Third time through, you got your eye on some different shirts and hats. I, I totally get it. Um, you know, before we put the Bears to bed, there was an interesting article in the Chicago Tribune and it was about Justin Fields. And I know you love quarterbacks and I saw you talk to him after the game. And the idea was Josh Allen is what Justin Fields could become in a few years. These are big athletes who run well and throw well. Do you see that in him? Do you see the kind of potential to do what you're doing right now in Fields? Well, again, I think everybody's their own, their own guy. I don't think he's going to be the next me. I think he's going to be the next him. Um, yeah. He's a, he's a special talent. He really is. He can, he can spin the rock. Um, obviously you see what he can do in the open field running wise. And, you know, as quarterbacks, we don't want to be known as running quarterbacks. We want to be quarterbacks that can run. And, um, actually that's the progression that, uh, is next for him. And, um, you know, I got, I got no doubt that, you know, he, he'll be there. He's a, he's a special talent and he seems like a, a really good kid and the organization and the teammates love him. Um, he works hard. He doesn't complain. Um, so yeah, I'm, 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 I'm obviously pulling for him. I'm, uh, big fan of his. You know, you always make the point, he's trying to be the next Justin Fields, not the next Josh Allen. When you were coming up, was there a name that you would hear like, Josh Allen could project to be this or be the next this? Were people trying to put you in a mold? Well, I, th I think in Buffalo, it was uh, the next Jim Kelly. I think everybody here right. uh, kept saying that. And obviously, just because of where, you know how high I was drafted and comparing that to him and obviously the success that Jim had here and um, the legacy that he still holds. And it's really cool. I've been able to obviously develop a relationship with Jim and he's freaking awesome. He, he texts me all the time. And um, I we, we've, we've shared a lot of, a lot of laughs together, some dinners and some, some charity stuff. And he does so much good for the community and the battles and, and the stuff that he's gone through and the support that Buffalo's given him and the love that he's given back. It's been really awesome. But I think that's probably the, the biggest name that I've been, I've been compared to here. 
It's a great comparison. I know Jim a, a little bit too. To back to the whiskey thing, not not a newcomer to the bourbon like you are. Like Jim can hang and he can throw him back, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've, I've I've seen it. I've seen it in, in person. So he's awesome. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Um, you know, talking about comps and comparisons and quarterback stuff. After that Bears game, there's this really cool thing that went out, and the Bills helped put it out. You had your 172nd total touchdown, 172, and you passed Dan Marino as the most ever in the first five years of a career. And there's a list, and it's it's Peyton, and it's Patrick Mahomes, and all these people, but it's Marino, and it's you. It's got to be a pretty cool moment for you, for the kid who grew up playing football in the backyard. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a, that's a cool stat. Um, you know, I think – reason like my job is to, to score touchdowns that's 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 yeah. the job of the quarterback to lead you know offenses on touchdown drives and um yeah I guess I'm just I'm doing my job obviously I, there's some things that I wish I could have back and some turnovers that you know I wish didn't happen uh you know but at the end of the day like it, it's cool but I'm just I'm just trying to win football games when does the moment come Josh where you're like Hell yeah. What I just did is amazing. I'm awesome. My team's awesome, but also I've worked my ass off and I'm awesome. When, when is that moment? Because you are almost maddeningly modest. And I think it's a great trait in a quarterback, but there's got to become a moment where you're like, bleep, yeah, I did this. Yeah, February 14th. <laughs> Valentine's Day? Uh, no, I believe that's, or is it the 13th this year? Mm, mm -hmm. Super Bowl. Is it in Arizona? Uh, yeah, that's that's where it would be. So that's that's mm. that's the moment I could, you know, if we if we can accomplish our goals, and that's that's our goal that we set out to do every every single year. Um, but until we get one of those, that's nothing else on my mind. You know, when 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 people are actors or they're in any profession, they kind of dream about winning the Oscar. You know, I used to give the Oscar speech in the mirror when I was like 21 and stupid and stuff. Either when you were a kid or now, do you do you dream about or think about like what you'll say in that moment if you could accomplish your goals? And they say, Josh Allen, you are a Super Bowl champion. How does it feel? Do you think about that in your head? Yeah, I know exactly what I would say. Do you? And I can't tell you what I yeah I, I can't tell you what I I would say until we're in that moment but um, of course yeah I, I I've I've thought about it and I dream about it and even as a kid like I had this uh this book and it was like a picture book where you put your picture on the back and it just kind of every page was different and it was on the football field and um at the end it was like you're on on the team's shoulders and you just won the big game and that's something I'll never forget and uh, it's something still like as a kid I dreamt about that moment and. Um, I still continue to dream about that moment. You have it locked and loaded. You know exactly what you're going to say. How long have you had it? Like, when did you know one someday when I can do this, this is what I'm going to say. How far back does it go? Uh, when I, when I got into the league. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And obviously like being, being here in Buffalo, like maybe it would have altered what I would have said if I was somewhere else, but because it's, because it's here and I love this place. Um, it's, it's unique. It's it's for Buffalo. That's awesome. Dude, you have the speech, you have the drink, and now, you know, you just got to put the work in. And I know you will. It's very cool. I'm excited for you. Um, I also know you love football. We talk about it every single week. Your very first playoff game, uh, you lost in part 
to J.J. Watt, who announced that he's going to be done today. This is going to be his last ride after this season. He's done. What's it like to hear that news? Again, a guy that's been in the league for quite some time now, and he's dominated um, for for as long as he's been in the league. Uh, I saw a stat, you know, his Defensive Player of the Year uh, award. I know, I'm sure he's he's won a couple of them, but there was one year he yeah. had 20 and a half sacks and so many tackles for loss that he scored five touchdowns and he had a couple interceptions <laughs> that were returned. Like just a, like a unbelievable, unbelievable career, Hall of Fame career. Um, you know, obviously he was in the running to come here to Buffalo a couple years ago. Didn't work out. Um, but, you know, congrats, congrats to him. You know, hats off to him for having the career he did. I know he just, you know, had a child and, and got married in the last couple yeah. of years too. So, um, you know, got a lot of, a lot of life, a lot of life to live after football. And, uh, you know, as long as he's happy with that decision, um, you know, I'm personally happy that I don't get to play him. I don't have to play him anymore. So that's a uh, no doubt. Dude. Um, it is a win. Otherwhere, elsewhere in the AFC East, I know you have a huge affection for Tua. We've talked about Tua a lot this year. Tua's going through it, and he's being put in the protocol again. And there's this whole discussion about the Dolphins are on the cusp of a playoff bid, but, you know, they should just shut him down and they should put him away and they should take care of him. It's such an unsavory story because it's such a good guy. When you hear about this or when you see the headlines, how does it make you feel? Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I think it's a delicate situation. Um, yeah, you know, there's nothing to nothing to mess with. You know, head injuries are nothing to mess with, and I know that we've been kind of uh, branded as as reckless and in, in football. I mean, again, it's just it's grown men that are running at high speeds, hit each other, and trying to trying to trying to beat up on each other and, and win a football game. And um, again, there's more, more to life than football um, at the end of the day. But, you know, part of me too is like, you know, I know what I signed up for. Um, yep. And I understand like this, this could be part of the game. Like it's, it's the consequences sometimes of our actions. It's our own bed that we made and we got to lay in it sometimes. Um, I know what I would be feeling, you know, as a competitor wanting to go back out there Um but again, like there's certain times where you're going to have to have someone else save you from yourself. And mm -hmm. I don't know if this is that type of situation. And again, nobody knows, but really, you know, how he feels, but himself. And um, sometimes you're going to have to to make some really tough decisions. And again, mm -hmm. who knows what happens? I'm, I'm praying for him because, again, he is such a good person um, and he's a hell of a football player. Um, so, again, it. It's so tricky. It's so delicate. No one, no one has the right to say anything about the situation except really him and, and his loved ones and who he's talking with. And um, yeah, it, it it sucks. Um, you know, it's a product of of what we play and, and the game that we chose to you know put our lives on the line for. And and it's tough. It really is. It is. And I know you feel for him. And I know you're rooting for him. I, I join you in that. Uh, Josh, before we talk movies, um, really cool game this weekend. It's Bill's Bengals. It's really fun. You've never played against them before in the Joe Burrow era. It's two cool quarterbacks. It's the AFC champions versus the AFC East champions. What has you fired up about this game? Well, it's our next one. Um, Monday night, that's always fun that's to right. play in. Uh, it seems like oh, the yeah. weather is going to be nice. Finally, I feel like we haven't had a good weather game in quite some time now. Um, that, that could change who knows, but if it does, we'll, we'll adjust. Um, and I know Joe, uh, quite a bit, obviously we both trained with Dude. Jordan Palmer and uh, we've, we've hung out quite a bit and got a lot of respect for him and his game. And, 
Uh, obviously, the adversity that he hit in year one with, you know, tearing his ACL yeah. and coming back and just really lighting the league on fire. So, um, you know, he's a he's a special talent. He really is. And uh, we're going to have our hands full. It's a, a defense, too, that is playing lights out. They got a linebacker over there that I know pretty well, Logan Wilson, who's one of the, yeah. you know, stud linebackers in the league. And um, I'm so happy for him and his success and, and uh, you know, he's such a great dude, too. So it'll be fun to, to compete against him in real life instead of in practice back in Laramie. Look, great dude. Uh, great former teammate. You might have to truck him, dude. You might just have to lower your shoulder to get uh, to the sticks. You know it. <laughs> uh, he's, I think he's too big. He's too big for me to take on. I'm a, I'll, I'll, I'll probably slide if I see him in the open field. So um, he, he's too big, too fast. Tell him you'll slide now, but then in the moment you jump over him and see you later. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, we got to get josh out here but first we have to talk movies because we have the first ever josh allen film festival double feature this goes back a few weeks if you're just watching this now josh has watched movies for months that he's never seen before that are important to me and to the world josh let's start with the kurt russell western named tombstone did you watch and your thoughts on this film i did and i thought it was awesome um, my favorite character was Doc Holliday. Um, Let's go! Kilmer absolutely killed it. Like, you know, obviously, like, it, it, you have to pay attention at the start of the film because it kind of explains yep. why they're in Tombstone. It's obviously in Arizona. Um, and, you know, he had been battling tuberculosis. And I really wasn't yeah. quite sure. And that's kind of an older disease. Um, but that, that scene where, you know, he's supposed to go duel um what's his name the johnny ringo johnny ringo that's right yeah when he's supposed yeah. to go duel when kurt russell's supposed to go duel johnny ringo and all of a sudden yeah. doc shows up and you know he was basically mm -hmm. lying he's like I, I wasn't maybe i didn't feel as bad as i was leading on and he freaking mm -hmm. takes care of business and obviously they hunt down all the cowboys like and at the end i like, get it's such a good love story too with kurt russell and and the actress there oh yeah um it was I really, really enjoyed it. Obviously, it's an older Western movie, and yeah. some of the theatrics and the, uh, you know, the shootout <laughs> scenes aren't as high quality as you'd want. Uh, sure. But again, for for when that movie was made, I think it was it was pretty awesome. I'm giving it a B plus. B plus, we'll take it. And you learn the origin. I'm sure you've heard it before. I'm your Huckleberry. Like that's that's where that comes from. Yes, and. Tell him I'm coming and I'm bringing hell with me. That was such a good quote, too. <laughs> you tell him the law is coming. Oh, that's the best. Um, yeah. You have that. You do these great videos sometimes on Insta. That is a great clip to use, like, for when the playoffs start and, like, you tell him I'm coming. Like, that's that that one could, like, absolutely kill. Um, but we have a double feature. Our buddy Liam, who was in here with us last week, coolest yep. little kid ever, like a champion in a million senses, he wanted you to watch Avatar and the original, not the one that just came out, the OG original Avatar, which you had never seen. Liam and everybody wants to know, did you watch it? And what do you think? I did. I I absolutely loved it. I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. Um, obviously, a super long movie, super long. But oh, yeah. the, the plot <laughs> of it, obviously, the picture, the sound, like it's such a – and I'm so happy that I watched it now so I can watch the second one. But, like, you know, them yeah. destroying the, the big tree and all of a sudden, like, all, like everybody's got to leave. And, um, yeah. 
he goes back in the avatar suit and you know joins their side it made me want to be a part of them too you know and uh you got the Navi. little hair connector which i i didn't realize what that was and it took me obviously <laughs> I, I hadn't watched it this is an old movie um but it, one of my best friends had been telling me to watch, watch this movie for so long and i finally watched it get to talk about it but like it was it was awesome it was it was an a plus like i freaking loved it i can't wait to watch the second one i know it's out right now um it was pretty sweet Oh my God, that's great. Liam's gonna be thrilled to hear that. Uh, Josh wants yeah. one of those Thank sweet you, hair connector things. Liam, great job, man. He got yeah. an A plus. That's perfect. Um, all right, we gotta go, but I gotta wait, assign hey, you the hold movie. On, we gotta I, drop. I, what, what, what do you got? Wait, before we get rid of Avatar, yeah. When he drops on the big freaking dragon like that, that was pretty badass. <laughs> when he's, you know, he's got to show his word Hell and yeah. try to get back in the gang. Uh, that was awesome. Um, yeah, when he tames that giant orange one, orange one, he's like, no, this is my yeah. ride. And then he's like the leader of the yeah. tribe. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then at the end, like, obviously like, the whole connected to like the roots and it was like a, yeah. like a connected, like a single connected organism where they can, you know, talk to the trees and talk to yeah. ancestors and stuff like yeah. that. But then his body transformed into the avatar. Like that was, it was, it was just oh, extremely gosh. well done. I'm excited for the second one. See, I'm so glad to hear it. And now I changed my mind. I feel like when you start the playoffs, your video should be like you mounting that giant orange thing with your teammates. And like, <laughs> now we're going to run. You guys are blue too. So like, it kind of yeah. works too. Um, it kind of works. All right. It kind of works. Uh, I'm going to give you my favorite movie of all time. Have you ever seen 1999's Boogie Nights starring Mark Wahlberg? No, I have not. Mark all and right. Mark. Josh. We're breaking the rules. Yes, it's Marky Mark. This is not did not come out before you were born, but it's my favorite movie ever. It's about the uh, pornography industry in the 1970s in L.A. I'm telling you, it is a, a game changer, and I'm taking a risk. I don't know if it's going to land for you, but it's so much going on, and there's so many great – your boy John C. Riley from Step Brothers is in it. He plays an adult film star. You're going to love it. All right, I'm in. Okay. Josh Allen will watch Boogie Nights. He will play the Bengals. He loves Tombstone, and maybe this movie that you're starring in will also end in Arizona in February, and you know you can accomplish all your goals, buddy. I'm hoping for you, and we'll see you next week, man. Sounds good. Thank you, Cal. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. See you, Josh. Good luck, man. Happy New Year. See you. That's our guy. That's our guy. Always been our guy. Always be our guy. And today he was incredible. Big, big game this weekend. We will be watching. We will be talking next week. But before we do that, we throw a dart. Now, I throw a dart after... Each and every show, it's kind of how we wrap it up. It hits a random number, and there's a topic that corresponds to that number. And then I ad lib a little ditty about it, and I say goodbye. I haven't read the fine print of this agreement. Go to the Skycam for a second. I read the fine print for the first time today in the little production notes. And there's a little note that says, whatever number you hit, that's what you have to talk about. But if you hit a bullseye, you being me, I can just end the show, and there's no work to be done. I didn't know that. I would have just been ripping off bullseyes for weeks now. I didn't know that was the understanding between us. Now that I do, I'm going to serve up bullseyes and I'm going to go upstairs. I'm in the basement right now. If I hit a bullseye, I'm going upstairs. You guys don't know, I'm really, really good at darts. I've just been messing around, but I didn't know there was something at stake. It's a little weird that I do it at this angle, but here comes a bullseye. Three, two, one. Ah, it's close. It was close. I'll get a bullseye tomorrow. Uh, it was not a bullseye. It was a two. A two down there in that bottom left corner. So I'll return to the main cam. <sighs> what do I, I'm the psychiatrist couch right here? <laughs> All 
number three, relationship with your father. Um, <laughs> embarrassing childhood memory. Where do I start? A couple things I don't think are appropriate to say here on the Omaha Productions uh, airwaves, if we're still calling them that. Um, yeah, some bad ones, some really bad ones. Um, man, I'm trying to, I have a couple that are just crude. I feel like for the first time I'm legitimately stumped. Um, I remember once, uh, you know, I have this thing that as an adult that based on some of the strange experiences I've had in my career, most notably the real world and three and a half years and days of our lives that I'm almost impervious to embarrassment. It's like a superpower where something I do in a social faux pas or certainly on camera that might be embarrassing for other people, it just, I kind of just play right through it. And I think I've developed this thick calloused skin from all the crazy dumbass experiences I had on MTV and NBC. But back in the day, I remember I was at a, um, I was at a movie theater with my parents and we were seeing the movie Willow. And this is back in the 80s and they make a show of it now and you can watch it and it's Warwick Davis is back. But I, uh, I had to go to the bathroom in the middle of Willow and it was, they don't have theater style seating back then, it was just flat and I was, we were on the last row. So I had to climb over the back of the chair and I, so instead of going down the aisle, go to the bathroom, I come back and uh, when I came back to climb back over the chair in the middle of the movie to get into my seat and Mad Mardigan's doing his thing up there, there was like this little um, broom and little dust bin that, every, that the custodian had leaned against it or something. And in climbing back over, I tripped on the dustbin, dustbin, fell over, like head over heels. The dustbin goes rattling really loud on the, this like linoleum floor or whatever it is. And then I fall on the ground on top of drinks and soda and like nachos and everything. It made a really weird, really loud noise. And everybody turned in the middle of Willow and looked at this kid with his giant glasses who then stood up and was like covered and all like wet with soda and nacho cheese and which is absolutely horrible. And then the worst part was I was there with my dad and then since I was so messed up and covered in crap, then we had to go out again to get me cleaned up. And instead of going back over the chair, we did go down the aisle and did the excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, knee knocking thing. And it was in the middle of an important part of the movie. It's just, just horrible. I'm getting pissed off right now talking about it. What a clumsy little dummy. Uh, but that was it. I hope that was happy for you. I'm glad I hit that number two on the dartboard. Seeing Willow, which I think is 87, and getting nacho cheese and soda all over me and embarrassing myself. But I haven't been embarrassed since, and I've done plenty of stuff that should warrant it. Not today, though, my friends. I'm out of here. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you to Josh. Thank you to everybody. Love you. Miss you. Please exit through the garage. Close the door on your way out. See ya.